first day of shooting, we picked the most difficult set ever. Smoke, mirrors in every direction. Love it. Welcome to Twilight. You're listening to Another Bite of Twilight, a podcast where we look back on our obsession with the Twilight Saga and continue to freak out ten years later. Recording. Hi, guys. Hi, guys, and hi, Mel. Hi, Kel. It's Kel and Mel. Another Bite of Twilight? Two cousins. We actually, mm-hmm. when we were in Forks, we passed by a street that said two cousins. How crazy is that? I know. We did get a picture. Hey, where is that picture? I have it, but I I literally look like an old woman in the picture. <laughs> no, you don't. I look awful. I'll send it to you, but it's not my <laughs> finest. <laughs> okay, so you don't want to post it. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to post it. Oh. But it can be between us. <laughs> So we have a very spooky episode today. Yeah, and I didn't even think about the fact that it's right in time for Halloween. I know. It's actually a coincidence. Yeah. Because we have a Patreon, that's where we have bonus episodes every other week, but we also let people vote on what our next episode's going to be, and the tribe has spoken, mm-hmm. and this is what it is. Vampires. Yep. Vampires, their folklore, the history of vampires. It's a very big topic and it might be a pretty long episode, so we're going to really try to not digress too much. But first, (laughs) I do have a digression. (laughs) I just wanted to, there's two news stories I saw about Kristen Stewart I just wanted to talk about. Yeah. Kristen Stewart, our legend, you know, Mm -hmm. our leading lady. Um, (laughs) So... Did you hear that people were, I think on Twitter, you know how conversations just start and then people get ideas, whatever, and people were saying that Kristen should play the Joker? Uh, I didn't see that. I saw people saying Taylor Lautner should. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot of people were like, I don't even know how many people because I'm not really on Twitter. Well, I'm not, but we do have an account. Um, <laughs> people were saying Kristen Stewart should be the Joker. And like, of course, people just want... Kristen and Rob to be together. Yeah. But apparently she did an interview with Variety and they asked her about that. And when she said, like very recently, like this week. Oh my God. And she said, let's do something new. She said, I love the energy behind that. It's been, it's really been done so well. I feel like maybe we don't traipse so over, but I love that gusto. (laughs) Gusto. Let's figure something else out. I'm totally down to play a freaky, scary person. Um, The actress was then asked if it was a definitive no. Oh, yeah, because this was an article, like, recapping the article. Yeah. Um, To which she said, no, no, but was not the most stoked I've ever been. Wait, Mm -hmm. what? I'm confused. So she's saying... I'm confused too. Is she saying, let's do something different, like that's a different idea, I play the Joker, or like, let's do something different, like I don't do a movie with Robert Pattinson? I don't... (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think it was about Robert Pattinson. Okay. Because I think she was like, yeah, that'd be awesome, but I think she was just saying like, not the Joker, because that's just been done a lot. Okay, that makes sense. um, She'd be down to be a creepy, scary person, but not a female joker (laughs) interesting so was the question proposition to her like playing alongside rob or i believe so (laughs) (laughs) 
I love that. Uh, the even if it wasn't balls I, of the reporter to ask that. I know. <laughs> she must be like, oh my god. I know. <laughs> okay, so then the other thing is, this was in the Sunday Times, mm-hmm. which is unfortunately like paywalled, and I don't have a subscription. So oh, I've recently it, but... learned how to get through a paywall. Really? You like uh, how? So I th- I learned this on TikTok. I don't know if it always works, but you go to like the what do you call that? Where you open up the code, the HTML for a website, oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you like disable Java, and then I think it can turn the paywall off. Are you kidding me? I think so. Wow. Well, luckily, People Magazine recapped this oh, thank you, article people. for us. <laughs> Journalism Today. There's so many just like recap. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, okay, so this is what it says. Kristen Stewart says she has quote, only made five really good films in her career. What? Yeah. Kristen said Um, that? Apparently. Okay, so this is what it says. In an interview with the Sunday Times, a 31-year-old actress who plays Princess Diana in the upcoming biopic Spencer, biopic, um, (laughs) confessed to only liking a handful of the dozens of films she's worked on throughout her career. Oh, my God. It's a total crapshoot, said Chris Stewart. (laughs) I've probably made five really good films out of 45 or 50 films. What? Ones that go, wow, that person made a top-to-bottom beautiful piece of work. Among her favorite films, she said, are those by director Olivier Assayas, such as Clouds of Sils, Maria, and Personal Shopper. I'd have to look at my credit list, but they're, they're few and far between, the star continued noting. That doesn't mean I regret the experience of making them. Stewart says she has, quote, only regretted saying yes to a couple of films. Oh, my God. Though it wasn't over the result, but rather that it wasn't fun. The worst is when you're in the middle of something and know that not only is it probably going to be a bad movie, but we're all bracing until the end, she explains to the Times. When asked to divulge which films made her feel that way, Stewart refused. No, I'm not a mean person. I'm not going to call people out in public, she said. Uh oh. Um, I'm nervous about which one she feels that way about. That's really it. Um, yeah, Twilight better be one of those one of five (laughs) good movies. (laughs) It better be Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn Part 1, and Breaking Dawn Part 2. (laughs) Okay, well, we already know two of them. I know. I'm I'm fine if we we eliminate the Breaking Dawns. That's okay with me. Maybe that's what she means. Uh, I do think that, like, she probably did feel that way about some of the Twilight movies, but it's funny because I feel like every single movie she's worked on, when I do hear her do press, she does sound really enthusiastic about it. I know. It's weird. I bet, like, maybe Charlie's Angels. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe um, uh, Happiest Season. Hmm. I mean that was like that that was a cute movie. I mean people love it. Yeah, that, that was cute. But I don't know, maybe she doesn't think it. I this, this is surprising. I don't know. Also in Entertainment Weekly, she, like people's just recapping all of the interviews. <laughs> and I just got this magazine, the Entertainment Weekly with her on the cover. I want to like take a picture of it. But um in a recent interview with Entertainment Weekly, Stewart says she's being more selective about which film she mm-hmm. chooses to work on. I used to be really intentionally the opposite of Precious in terms of choosing project. For a minute there, I was like, I'll do fucking anything, Aww. Stewart confessed. And honestly, it was a good place to be for a minute. She added, but I think now I'm going to be a little more careful. I think I have a better nose for what's going to be fruitful for me personally as an experience, if not necessarily what's going to thrive out in the world. That surprises me. 
Yeah. Did you know the Oscars actually are in January? So we'll be <gasps> kind of put out of our misery pretty early as to if she is nominated or not, I bet. Yay. Wow. But that's, if Kristen, like, really is a contender, which she's looking like she will be, it'll be so nice because we're going to get so many Kristen Stewart articles to dissect. True. Oh, my gosh. There's going to be so much. Oh, my God. And we're going to see Spencer soon. We should do a, mm-hmm. we should do a whole mini episode on Spencer. Yeah. We should go see it together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then freak out. Um... I do have to be intellectually honest that if Anna Kendrick said that thing about only liking five of her movies, I would be kind of annoyed by it. Yeah. That's true. I'm, I don't know what the heck is up with these quotes. I mean, I don't know what mood she was in when she was, maybe she was Mm -hmm. like giggling. Like, I don't know what the heck, but it surprises me because I always thought she was like kind of selective about movies and... It almost seems like she's saying this just because of Spencer. Like, was Charlie's Angels really, like, that selective? That was pretty recent. Yeah, and also... I don't get it. I feel like she... The majority of her work has been, like, really good. Unless she's talking about, like, Zathura, which she did when she was, like, a kid. Like, I don't... Or, like, Catch That Kid. Like, in I feel like roles like that you can't really criticize because they're made for kids and you're a child actor. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, hmm. so many of her projects have been... Like, does she feel that way about The Runaways? Or does she feel that way about, like, Into the Wild? Know, I'm confused. Like, there's been no. so many good movies that she's been in. Yeah, I'm really perplexed. <laughs> Snow White? Maybe, I, I mean, I never saw it. Yeah, maybe Snow White. I never saw it, but it didn't look that good to me, the movie Underwater. Oh, yeah. Maybe that. It did get good reviews, though, didn't it? Hmm, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing that. (laughs) You're welcome. All right. So now we're going to get into vampires. I know what you are. Vampires. Say it. I know what you are. Say it. Out loud. Say it. Vampire. I did watch Twilight this week. Nice. Yeah, it was Shannon and her friends. Although I did feel like that annoying person who, like, every single scene has to, like, point something out. (laughs) (laughs) Explain it to people. (laughs) It's hard. It's really hard. (laughs) I can't just watch it like a regular person. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cool well so we we both divided up our research into different chunks and yes you know so I first started out uh doing some research on vampires in ancient folklore uh to be honest like when I study history or do any research about history like ancient times just doesn't do it for me like I (laughs) I struggle with it um I've always have ever since sixth grade so um I I did my best um and that (laughs) I didn't do a whole lot but uh, I did some ancient Greece should I have not done that oh no that's great because I really only basically what I have to say is that the term vampire or vampires as we know them, like, they didn't really exist in folklore in ancient times. 
as we think of them. But there is some creatures that are similar to vampires that did appear in like Mesopotamia, Hebrew, Greek, and Roman ancient cultures. I have this quote actually from this author, Matthew Bezerford. He's the author from Demons to Dracula, the creation of the modern vampire myth. And he says there are clear foundations from the vampire in the ancient world. And it is impossible to prove when the myth first arose. There are suggestions that the vampire was born out of sorcery in ancient Egypt, a demon summoned into this world from some other. And there are many variations of vampires from around the world. There are Asian vampires, such as the Changshi. Evil spirits attack Mm. people and drain their life energy. The blood-drinking wrathful deities that appear in um, the Tibetan Book of the Dead and many others. Um, And according to the ancient... Egyptian Book of the Dead, um, there's this... Okay, I don't know if I'm explaining this right. There's this creature <laughs> called the Ka, and he's one of the five parts of the soul who does not receive particular offerings, but it ventures out of its tomb to find nourishment, which may include drinking the blood of the living. And also mm. in uh, ancient Babylon, um, dating back to 4000 BC, there's tales of a creature, um, I think you pronounce this ikamu, which is a type of spirit who was not buried properly and returns to suck the living, um, the life out of people for revenge, which is something that we also see in other folklores. Um, Yeah. You see that so much. Yeah. Like a lot of it. Why is that? Yeah. A lot of it going back to like burials and like rituals not being performed. But yeah. What did you, what did you learn from um, ancient Greece? Well... I've kind of a lot. <laughs> I'll try to just skim through it quickly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, also it's kind of all over the place because then I go into Romanian and then back mm-hmm. to Greek. But um, the ancient Greek mythologies had several precursors to modern vampires, but none of them are really considered undead. Like, mm-hmm. there's like the daughter of the goddess. I can't pronounce it. <laughs> Hecate, that was described as demonic, bronze-footed creature. She feasted on blood by transforming into a young woman and seduced men as they slept before drinking their blood. Um, I won't read all the stories, but stuff like that. Like, they weren't really undead, mm-hmm. but, you know, did things like that. And ancient Greeks believed that the dead are able to reanimate and exist in a state that is neither living nor dead, but rather mm-hmm. undead, apparently. And burials of suspected revenants, like people that came back to life, yeah. have been discovered throughout the ancient Greek world. <laughs> it gets creepy. Bodies buried in pit graves were pinned by stones oh. on either their heads or chest oh. in order to trap the body. And and you see that also in like other parts of Europe and just popping up, like people afraid that someone's going to come back to life in the graves that they either pin them down or, you know, take them apart or something. Ugh. Um, Guess they can't And they also it. had, this isn't ancient, this is the 17th century, but there was the Greek, Greek, um, Rikolakos, mm-hmm. Rikolakos, um, that ate flesh, didn't drink blood, so it was a little more like a zombie, mm-hmm. but we'll get to it later, but that people think that word like the v i don't know <laughs> oh okay led to vampires but anyway back to you well that's kind of all i had like then there was also um a mythical creature um known as lithu in ancient babylon and assyria um which evolved to lilith 
in the book of Isaiah or the Old oh, Testament. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, and she was depicted as drinking blood from babies and shape-shifting. Shape-shifting is also, like, a very common theme throughout the vampire folklore that I've run into. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's, that's really kind of... interesting. Yeah, I... So, you took over, like, um, Europe, which is really where the vampire as we know it arose. I also covered... African folklore, Asian folklore, and folklore from the Americas. So I don't know how you want to divide it. Do you want to go into, do you want me to like take one consonant and then pass it back to you or how should we do it? Hmm. I don't know. It's tough because I'm pretty much all one continent. Yeah. Um, how about you do Asia, okay. Africa, and then I can go to Europe and then we'll go back to you for Americas. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, okay. so here, I'll start with Africa, actually. So there, across the continent, there's different creatures, um, that are similar to vampires. Obviously, none of them really use the term vampire by name. Um, first you have the, um, Aachen people and one significant piece of folklore, folklore from them dates back to the 18th century. So this is like in Ghana and Togo, and there were stories of a creature named uh, Sabonsum, or Say Sabonsum, um, that had the following qualities, iron teeth, bloodshot eyes, pink skin, long red hair, iron hooks for feet, and they lived in the trees, and, like, basically when you would see them depicted in stories, their feet would be, like, dangling from the trees with these iron hooks, and then they would jump from the trees and attack people from above. No way. Yeah, and, like, feed on them, which is very terrifying imagery. I honestly, I was doing this, I was a little bit stoned doing this research and I was very scared. Yeah, you texted me saying that it was scary, like way scary I, than Twilight. I had trouble falling asleep. Um, but anyways, so then also uh, in Ghana and Togo, but uh, from the U tribe, you have this creature called, I think it's pronounced Ads. Um, which had the following characteristics. They would shapeshift from a firefly in the wild to a human upon capture. Um, But in the firefly form, they can fly through closed doors and suck blood from people at night, making them sick and killing them. And some people think that the origin of this uh, myth might be from trying to describe the origins of diseases like malaria, which come from mosquitoes, obviously, and like bite you and feed Mm -hmm. on your blood and that is very common with vampire folklore actually like there have been times throughout history when diseases for example tuberculosis have been linked to vampires which makes sense I feel like it's like humans trying to to explain something that they don't yet understand um and then when in the in the human form the ads people the ads creatures can possess other humans and when other humans are possessed, they are considered witches, actually. And for some reason, the most Ooh. likely suspects for people who could be possessed by the ads are women with brothers, especially if their children's brothers are more successful than theirs. Uh, old people, mm. especially if they're outliving a lot of young people around them who are dying. And poor people, especially if they envied richer people. Um, and there mm. is no way to pre- prevent possession. Like, there's no um, weaknesses or way to scare them off. Oh, my God. 
I know, it's scary. I'm just thinking, can you imagine how crazy life must have been if you, like, really thought this was real? I know. That, that was the way life was. I know. That was something you had to worry about. And it honestly doesn't... Oh, my God. It, like, doesn't date that far back. Like, there's, like, times in recent history. Like, I'm pretty sure even yeah. in the 19th century when there were, like, vampire scares, so... Um, that, yeah. that I think in itself would be a really cool episode to do, like real historical <laughs> vampire scares. Well, even today, if you go on the internet, like there are people online asking like, are vampires real? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've Googled <laughs> like, that. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember back when Twilight was like really crazy, you know, 2008 mm-hmm. around then? I remember there being news stories about like, Real life vampires, teenagers are biting each other. Yeah. <laughs> but they probably did it in like one town. Yeah, like literally one town and they sensationalized <laughs> it. Like I feel like no Gen Zers like accident actually ate Tide Pods, but it became such a story. Yeah. Um uh, <laughs> so then I'll take you to um South Africa, specifically the Pondu, Zulu and Kosa tribes so they had folklore okay. okay this one really scared me they have folklore <gasps> about a vampire bird known as the um impundulu or a lightning bird and uh they have black and white feathers and they are the size of a human this bird <laughs> and okay <laughs> they can summon thunder and lightning with its wings and they act as a servant to witches or witch doctors attacking like their enemies i kind of picture it kind of like the um flying monkeys um in the wizard of oz Mm -hmm. uh like the witches in these stories would have a lightning bird kind of acting as their servant and they have an um insatiable appetite for blood and they can shape shift in the form of a very attractive man and seduce women and drink their blood and they can only be destroyed by fire. So those characteristics kind of reminded me of Twilight. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That, I don't know. The same things just pop up. Yeah. Seriously. And, like, I don't even think it's intentional. Uh, Why? I don't know. It's so crazy. And then the only other um, piece of folklore from Africa was the Batsilio people of Madagascar. Um, they had stories of a creature known as Ramanga, who is a vampire who drinks the blood and eats nail clippings of the nobles and oh is 500 or 515 years old. But I didn't really learn wow. much else about um, him. I, th- I mean, I, I did. There's probably other stories, too, but that's all I could find. The nail clippings is pretty. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, there's some other. That's unique. Yeah, so now I'm going to take you to Asia, and there's, like, also some other very scary, creepy vampires there. So first in India, this is kind of more like a ghost story, to be honest, but you have in India the boot, um, or Salida, which is a ghost of a dead person who is restless for some cause, um, like a violent death or unsettled unsettled matter from their life or the fact that their loved ones didn't perform the appropriate funeral matters like we were talking about Mm -hmm. and they can shape shift into animals but they usually resemble humans they have backwards feet uh they float above the ground they have a nasal voice uh no shadow they wear white clothes uh they sit on the tree branches which is kind of like the um 
the Say Some, uh, Say Some Bonsum, um, mm. from Ghana and Togo. Uh, they may haunt the place that they were killed and they seek out, um, Oh, this is crazy. They seek out milk and contaminate it by immersing themselves in it. Like, they bathe in the milk. Um, and then any humans who drink the milk then become contaminated by it or will become possessed by the milk. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. So It's interesting that that one and the other one with the hooked feet that hung from the tree, they're yeah. both very bat-like, but... They don't turn into bats, do they? Yeah. I mean, this one can shapeshift into animals, but like it mm. says, like they're usually kind of human-like. Um, and they fear the water or any objects made of steel and iron, and they are warded off by the scent of burnt um, turmeric or by evoking the name of a holy figure. Um, and mm. in, in the Hindu belief, um, the soul of the boot cannot be destroyed, but they can perform rituals to carry out any of the unfinished business that causes the boot to lurk around and haunt people. Wow. Creepy. I know. Then in Japan, there's not really a lot of history of vampire folklore, but some people compare folklore about this creature named Nirana, which is a reptile creature with the head of a woman, um, but the body of a snake, um, who feasts on blood mm. to vampires. Whoa. Uh, and oh then gosh. we have the Philippines. There are two popular types of vampire folklores here. So first, um, there is the Mendurogo, which is usually a beautiful woman by the day, by day, but develops wings and a large sharp tongue at night. And she's depicted as biting men's neck or the inside of their cheek when kissing them to suck their blood. And she'll sometimes Whoa. marry many unsuspecting men to prey on them, or she'll just marry one man kind of like as a cover-up and then escape into the village to kill people there. And her weaknesses are that she can be, like, stabbed to death. So. Wow. Not too scary. <laughs> <laughs> She's seductive. Yeah. And then we have um, the menenengel, which originates from the Tagalog word of tangle, which means to remove or to separate. So this is a creature um, that can separate its upper torso from the lower half and sprout huge bat-like wings to fly into the night looking for victims to feed on. And usually those victims are... Uh, sleeping pregnant women um, and they use a long tongue to suck I don't know where the, where the tongue goes in to be honest <laughs> of the pregnant woman but to suck the heart out of the fetus uh, so scary um, or that tar- is really scary yeah uh, they'll target newlyweds or couples in love or for some reason men Why? men left at the altar Why? I do not know I do not know as if they need to be punished more. I know. I know. I guess couples in love can make sense if it's, you know, a bitterness thing. But uh, And their weaknesses are um, the lower half the, of the body is, like, okay, so, like, the top half of the body, like, separates, right? And, like, it sprouts mm-hmm. these wings. But the lower half of the body is just left standing on the ground. Um So if someone wanted to, like, you know, attack it, they would sprinkle salt or crushed garlic or ash on top of the lower half, which is fatal for it, and that prevents the upper half from reattaching. 
Uh, and so if the sun comes up and it's not, uh, like, reattached, then it would just die because they can't be separated during the sunlight. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Pretty scary. And then here we have in Malaysia the penegal creature, which, again, has that, you know, word tungle uh, in it, which means to remove or to separate. Um, mm-hmm. so here this creature is, uh, always female, um, and takes the form of, again, a detached human head, um, but this is even scarier, um, the penangle has trailing organs still attached <gasps> from the head, but by day it just looks like a regular human woman, um, and at night, you know, the detached head with the organs hanging oh out on the bottom, kind of from afar looks like a flame. Um, and sometimes uh, she'll have fangs. Like you said, oh like, goodness. technically this creature is not undead, but it's a mortal woman who practices black magic. Mm. And a woman can become this creature by meditating during a ritual bath in vinegar with the entire body submerged except for the head. Oh my god. Yeah, so you could become this if you were to take a bath in vinegar. <laughs> Um, so we should try. I know. So that is uh, terrifying. Yeah, because of that, they usually have a very strong stench of vinegar. Um, Mm. And again, the victims include pregnant women or young children. And again, like she uses a long tongue to feed off of um, them. Wow. If she feeds on someone, they will become diseased and die. But if she just lightly brushes them, they will develop like painful sores. Again, like, that makes me wonder if, like, that was to explain diseases. Yeah, maybe. Um, th- Sounds this, like it. Yeah, this creature, it, it does have a lot of weaknesses, though. So, like, any scattered thorny leaves of, like, a local plant. Um, oh, actually, the local plant known as Mengkwang, um will puncture the exposed organs. And the vines of this plant will be looped around a house traditionally after a woman is just given birth or broken glass might serve the same purpose um to like stab the organs also naturally this creature would be afraid of needles or scissors so pregnant women sometimes may sleep with those under their pillow and another lethal way to get rid of them is to turn over the body so that when the head is attacked attached back it'll be on the reverse side and then it won't be able to like go anywhere i think Mm. Mm mm-hmm so wow. yeah, pretty scary. <laughs> uh, then we are in China now. So as I mentioned before, we're talking about um, like ancient vampires. You have pretty a p- pretty popular creature known as the Changxi, um, which is known as like the Chinese vampire, and they are reanimated corpses, usually reanimated by a sorcerer. And one reason that this may be done is if a person died away from the home. Uh, the living family would hire the sorcerer to travel to where the body is and write a spell with the person's name and, like, birth date on the piece of paper and stick it to their face. Um, and then the Changxi would hop around and follow the sorcerer back to the hometown for a proper burial. So it's basically, like, taking the spirit and moving it to the family. Um, and the sorcerer only travels by night, and so it's kind of like an uber pool. Like, it will have, like, multiple... Uh, like Changxi vampires like hopping around after it and the reason they hop is because they're very stiff they can't um 
bend their body. They're like a doll kind of, so they can only like get around by hopping. Um, However, if the piece of paper with the spell is destroyed for whatever reason, which might be because, let's say, the sorcerer wasn't paid enough money, um, the Chungshi will develop a mind of its own and become really rampant and dangerous and start to kill people and absorb their, like, essence to grow stronger. Oh, my God. Yeah, and they, apart from, like, the stiffness, are characterized by greenish-white skin, um, which is derived from, like, the Hmm. fungus growing on the corpse, um, which is gross. Um, They have long white hair over their entire body. They have long curved fingernails. And sometimes, of course, they have the piece of paper hanging from their forehead with a spell on it. And wear really creepy. Yeah, and wear um, a uniform coat like robe, and a round, tall rimmed hat. Uh, They have a lot of weaknesses, though. Uh, Mirrors they don't do well with. They're scared of their (gasps) reflection. Yep. Um, Items made of wood from a peach tree. Mm. Um, A rooster's call because that signals sunrise, of course. Uh, Fire, like our twilight vampires. (laughs) <laughs> um, hooves of a black donkey, uh, vinegar, uh, ax- okay. axes and brooms. So a lot of things. I know like in European, like wooden stake comes up. So it's interesting, like wood. Yeah. Is yeah. Showing up here. I mean, even like, I feel like I've heard mirrors being, um, yeah, like a deterrent before. I don't know if that will come up in any Or that they don't have a reflection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So Stephanie Lamb in Hop on Pop, uh, the Chongxi films in transnational context, she lays out the methods to, like, fend off the Chongxi, where she writes, To subdue a hopping vampire, the person must take a thin yellow piece of paper and write out a distinct spell in chicken's blood, which will then be attached (laughs) to the vampire's forehead. A person defending themselves against. <laughs> I a, love that. I know a person defending themselves against a, a hopping vampire slash zombie can use an eight-sided mirror, um, called the Bakquao mirror, which is often used in um, feng shui. The mirror's purpose is to reflect the light, which in turn scares the creature away. Mm. A sword charged under the light of the moon, made of Chinese coins, can be used in an attack against the vampire. Um, to stop it in its place, take a small amount of blood and place it on the creature's forehead. Or to banish the hopping vampire, a person can throw sticky rice at the creature, um, wow. drawing out the evil in it. You know what's interesting, Mel? What? Just connecting these old folk- folklore to modern things. I remember there was a, around the time, you know, vampires were so crazy and mm-hmm. popular, um, you know, because of Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember there was a series, and I, I read the first book only. I actually might not have finished it. Gosh, I can't remember what it's called. I think it was called Marked was the first book. Oh, yeah, I remember um, that. But did you read it? No. Because I remember, like, when they became a vampire, something would, like, show up on their forehead. Ooh. I yeah, wonder it's if similar. that author got that from that somehow. Yeah, maybe. I feel like there's so many... So many common threads. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's it for Asia and Africa. So do you want to take it from there? Sure. I got to say, that was really 
scary. Yeah. <laughs> I think creepier than European. Yeah. Which <laughs> one's the scariest? I think the um, one with the intestines hanging down. Yes. Definitely that. It's so... Can you imagine oh. if there was like a vampire romance story, but the vampire was like that? <laughs> oh my god. Can you imagine if like Edward was like... You have to see what I am. And that's what he yeah. got. <laughs> you just see his and liver just, and his small intestine. Like floats away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so gross. It's the skin of a killer, Bella. <laughs> <laughs> I think the bird one also disturbed me. Just thinking about, like, a bird the size of a human is so scary. That is scary. The green skin with the white hair and the curled nails, too, was scary. They were all really scary. Even the hopping with the piece of paper on the forehead, that was disturbing. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that combination just... (laughs) (laughs) It's terrifying. Like, reading, doing this research, and then, like, thinking about Twilight, I'm like, okay, this is really no comparison here. Like, Mm -hmm. the Twilight vampires are very, very tame. Yeah. Probably, I don't know, yeah, it, it's hard to be, like, sexy when you're that creepy. Yeah. So. <laughs> they had to tone it down. Okay. All right. Just a warning, I feel like my pronunciation will suck a lot. No, no worries. Um, I feel like I probably really messed up my pronunciation at times. I really did my best, but some things I just took a guess on. I should have. I, oh my, I should have you know, looked up Google Translate, like, the pronunciation of mm-hmm. everything. Now it's too late, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We forgive <laughs> you. <laughs> okay. So, here's what I got. Well, contemporary popular culture usually points to Transylvania mm-hmm. as the seat and heart of vampires. <laughs> uh, I did not write that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but most people agree, like, you know, experts in the field, that like the legends we know now that relate to the stories we you know like twilight and everything are more from the folklore of slavic people oh. possibly that of like balkans serbo croats mm-hmm. and um i guess the belief in vampires which are called like upires and upires i don't know if i'm saying it right mm-hmm. as they're called in poland are much more ancient and go way further back in like slavic Europe, mm-hmm. um, Hungarians, Romanians, and Greeks, as I talked about, um, and yeah, I mean, this, a lot of this stuff went pretty late, it wasn't, like, medieval times only, I mean, I have something here that in 1718, there was a French traveler, um, Joseph Peton de Tournefort, who witnessed the slaying of a suspected vampire basically wow. in Greece. Yeah, just basically this guy wrote about his travels in Greece and saw someone being killed for being accused of being a vampire. That's but sad. um I have like in 1748 this cuz people are always trying to figure out like what was the first vampire story, like the first yeah. vampire book, whatever. Um in 1748, there's this poem called The Vampire in German by Henrik August Ossenfelder, and mm. it was, here's a few lines of it. It says, And as softly thou art sleeping, to thee shall I come creeping, and thy life's blood drain away. Ooh. <laughs> kind of romantic. 
Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm all over the place a little bit in the beginning of my research here. No, no worries. Because Embrace I'm it. Through, yeah, I'm going through, like, different books or, like, yeah. stories, basically. Yeah. What's well, um, tough? Because I feel like there's really no, like, linear path of the vampire. No. Yeah, it's just they really showed up everywhere. Yeah. For whatever reason. Um, don't you think, like, that That could kind of... Obviously, I don't believe in vampires. But one could argue that, like, these similar characteristics, like, across the globe throughout history, like, does... You know, one could argue if they truly wanted to be a conspiracy theorist about it. There must be something to that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's so weird. I know. Um, I've talked about, like, on our Patreon, (laughs) this gossip podcast, Beyond the Blinds. Yeah. I know it's crazy that I'm making a connection here to this. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know where you're going with it. But because it's, like, celebrity blind items and the guy that hosts it, well, it's two people, Mm -hmm. Troy and Kelly... They've talked about Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart. That's uh, why it has come yeah. up. But Troy always says, like, when you hear the same story over and over mm-hmm. for years and years, there's got to be some truth to it. Exactly. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> um, so I don't know. And, well, I guess what I was doing here is, because people always say, like, Dracula was the first vampire story, but it's it's just not really true. Mm-hmm. Then there was the um, epic poem... Thalaba the Destroyer. Um, that sounds like good pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> it's considered to be the first appearance of a vampire in English literature. Thalaba the hero is confronted by um, his recently deceased bride, who has risen again as a vampire. And this was in keeping with European tales. Usually vampires were re- related to their victims. Mm-hmm. Um, when did that come out? That's 1801. I mean, that's kind of late. Yeah. Then there was the book, The Vampire with a Y. This is all England, by mm-hmm. the way. Vampire with a Y by John Polidori. And this is crazy. I did not know this. Um, this book was started basically in June 1816 when John Polidori, Mary and Percy Shelley and Claire Claremont were visiting the house of Lord Byron. Mm-hmm. And... You may have heard this story before where they were, like, all inside, and um, Byron suggested each member should write a ghost story, and that's when Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein. Well, it was like she came up with it, yeah, at this party, and the other person there, John Polidori, wrote The Vampire, which went on to be, like, pretty successful. It's like, what the heck? How did this, like... (laughs) Did they both have... Hang out. Did they both have, like, connections? Is that what it is? I don't, yeah, well, mm-hmm. I think maybe Lord Byron, um, he was, like, really a successful yeah. guy. I don't know. Yeah. He probably... What a workshop. I know. <laughs> um, I, I find it hard to believe they both wrote them at, in one sitting at a party. No, they didn't write them. Oh, okay. I think they just, like, the came concept. up with them. Yeah. And then wow. went on to write them. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And I guess the story, you can just kind of see, like, how it leads on to modern vampire stories. It's like this guy, Lord Ruthven, who meets an Englishman named Aubrey. They travel across Europe um, together, and turns out Aubrey's a vampire. And I don't know, there's like all this drama, Mm. but he's like a very seductive man, and he's like after some woman. And I don't know, it just, it's much more like sexy, you know? Yeah. 
<laughs> like that. But in European folklore, before all this, really, mm-hmm. vampires were traditionally known to be more hideous and scary. Mm-hmm. And the vampire with a Y um, was one of the first times they were depicted as being attractive and alluring. Then 50 years later, there was the book Carmilla, which is about a young woman who falls prey to a vampire Mm -hmm. in an isolated castle. And then after that, Bram Stoker's masterpiece, 25 years later, Dracula came out. So when did Dracula come out? The year? (laughs) I just have... Let me just look it up because I have like 50 years later than 25 years after that. So... (laughs) Dracula came out 1897. Oh, okay. Wow. That's really kind of recent in the grand scheme of things. I know. Did you ever read Dracula? No. Did you? I did. I, it was actually one of my required reading. Oh, wow. For freshman year of high school. Did you like it? I did. I mean, it was definitely interesting to read, you know, because I'm, I'm pretty into vampires and mm-hmm. obviously Twilight, duh. But <laughs> you it was are? funny. Be- yeah. <laughs> it's just a weird thing about me. Um, it's funny to read, though, being, as we see now, it wasn't the first vampire mm-hmm. novel, but people usually think it is. Yeah. But it's just funny to read because for, I would say, like, three-fourths of the book or more, people don't know what's going on. They're like, oh, my gosh, like, I woke up with these two little dots on my neck, like, what's happening people are behaving strangely and like we know vampires so well that when you're reading it you're kind of like oh my god yeah you're so like so yeah <laughs> you idiot <laughs> yeah but they don't know what's happening like all these weird signs and things happening um so yeah that that's like what i remember from the book i haven't yeah. read it since then um but people think that i'm gonna go back and past again so mm-hmm. sorry this is so all over the place but it's thought that Bram Stoker, Stoker, who wrote Dracula, named Dracula after Vlad Dracul, mm-hmm. also known as Vlad the Impaler. And I'd heard that before, but I didn't really know anything about him. Um, he was born in Transylvania, Romania. He ruled Wallachia, Romania, off and on from 1456 to 1462. And some historians just... Historians describe him as a just yet brutally cruel ruler who fought off the Ottoman Empire and he got his nickname because his favorite way to kill his enemies was to impale them on a wooden stake. And according to legend, Vlad Dracul enjoyed drinking amidst his dying victims and dipping his bread in their blood. (gasps) Are you serious? I mean, that's the legend. <laughs> whether whether it's true or not, people don't really know. But um, people think that that, like, sparked the imagination. Yeah. Too. Ew, that's so bad. Yeah. And then um, the way Dracula can be killed is by having a stake through his heart. So it's, mm. like, kind of reversed. Yeah, that makes um, sense. But vampires were kind of a hysteria, like real problem in eastern europe Mm -hmm. not just like folklore or stories like people thought it was a real thing going on and um in the 18th century there were a lot of like frenzies of sightings and i got this from the website n academic (laughs) and there were frequent stakings and grave diggings 
taking place um, to make sure people are dead and, you know, people fearing that their loved ones had come back to life. Mm -hmm. And this said that, like, even though it was called the Age of Enlightenment, when most folkloric legends were kind of ending and people were, you know, learning more about science and kind of stepping away from folklore, Mm -hmm. um, for some reason in the 18th century, belief in vampires increased dramatically and... They said that the panic began with an outbreak in East Prussia in 1721 and the Habsburg monarchy from 1725 to 1734. And there were just cases of people being attacked and just over and over, like, digging up people's bodies. And Were the attacks, see. like, were they attacked because they were believed to be vampires or because, like, uh, like people like, thought the attacks were from vampires? They just, it was, like, alleged. Like, I think they Mm -hmm. didn't know why people died and said that it was from vampires. Yeah. Like, here's a, I'll just tell a specific story. Um, The, involved the corpses of Peter Plagojowicz and Arnold Pale from Serbia. Oh, Serbia. Serbia, I know. Mel's friend group. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, long story. (laughs) (laughs) Um... The man Peter was reported to have died at age 62, but apparently returned after dying, like came mm-hmm. back to life and asked his son for food. When the son refused, he was found dead the following day. Mm-hmm. And then he returned again and attacked some neighbors who died from blood loss. And then the other guy, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what this means, was allegedly attacked by a vampire. Yeah. (laughs) Died while haying. After his death, people began to die in the surrounding area, and it was widely believed that he returned to prey on the neighbors. So, I mean, there probably was some illness or something going around. And um, this guy claimed he came back to life, or maybe he really did. I don't know. But people were just freaking out. Mm -hmm. And... I guess there was such a hysteria going on in, like, what's Germany today um, and Austria. It only ended when the Empress Maria Theresa of Austria sent her personal physician to investigate the claims of vampires. She was like, is this real? Like, is this actually (laughs) a thing? And (laughs) he concluded that vampires did not exist. Yeah. And so the Empress passed laws prohibiting the opening of graves and this basically ended the hysteria when she just made it against the law to do that um that seems fair crazy i'm happy i didn't grow up in a time like that i feel like i would have been like (laughs) so gullible and superstitious and just fallen for it completely me too i'm not like i'm not like the most rational thinker of like believing that like magic in the world does not exist like I do get like very caught up in like if someone claims to be psychic or you know a medium like I do fall for it mm-hmm. I, I could see myself maybe too mm-hmm. <laughs> um I'd be so scared what's interesting though is this empress Maria Teresa when she issued that declaration making it legal to dig up corpses or burn Mm. bodies. Apparently, she said you're supposed to report anything strange to the authorities who investigate and punish any pranksters who might be behind, quote, vampire attacks. Mm -hmm. So 
when she made this declaration, she was pregnant with her last daughter, Maria Antonia, oh. but her known to history is Marie Antoinette. Wow. And in sad, strange coincidence, Marie Antoinette was beheaded in 1793, a method of extermination for vampires. <gasps> Wait, why was she beheaded? I, I should know it, but... Um, they were just overthrowing the French monarchy. Oh, okay. So, it's very sad. That is sad. Hmm. Yeah, so that's something. (laughs) (laughs) There's more, though. (laughs) Tell me. So, in the Scottish Highlands, Mm, they have some vampire-ish folklore. There's something called the Bavon Sith. Mm -hmm. Um... In the Lian Shi from the Isle of Man, they're fairy spirits with vampire tendencies. Mm-hmm. So they're not totally vampires, but yeah. they're succubus-ish, you know, seductive. Um, there's the Derek Du, literally red bloodsucker in Gaelic from Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all just like rapid in rapid facts. I don't mm-hmm. have a lot of stories about them. But then there's also the Bruxa from Portugal, which takes the form of a bird at night and wow. assails travelers. Yeah, and is a female vampiric spirit that's hostile to humans. That's pretty similar to the Ads creature. Yeah, that is similar. In Scandinavia, there was the jogger, literally after walker, or one who walks after death. Mm-hmm. Um, in Norse mythology, and they're sometimes seen as a ghost, believed to live in the graves of the dead, mm-hmm. creepy, and could reanimate the bodies of the dead. They they possess superhuman strength. They could increase their size, and they were believed um, to main, maintain some intelligence, even though they were like after death and. Um, they would devour their victims' flesh, devouring their victims whole in their enlarged forms. So they'd, like, grow and then eat people. Uh, <laughs> ew. Indirectly killing them by driving them mad, drinking their blood, and suffocating their sleeping victims. And their influence... I don't really know what this means. Their influence may drive animals that feed near joggers' graves mad. I guess animals that are near those graves where they're hiding because they would, like, sleep inside graves Mm -hmm. would go crazy. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) So I heard about this actually on a history podcast a couple years ago, I remember. Mm -hmm. And this is actually America, United States, but it would be, like, I don't know. I'm attaching it to European because I feel like it's not Native American. Yeah. Um, Oh, I think I had this, too. Is this in New England? Yeah. Yeah. Is it Mercy Brown? Yeah. Yeah. New England, <laughs> represent. <laughs> yeah. She lived, should I read it? Yeah, go for it. Mercy Brown lived in Exeter, Rhode Island, very close to here, mm-hmm. and was the daughter of a farmer, and after her father lost many, many family members, including Mercy, to tuberculosis, his community used Mercy as a scapegoat to explain their deaths. It was common back then to, like, blame several deaths in one family on the mm-hmm. undead. And yeah. um, because each family member's body was, like, exhumed and searched for signs of vampirism, and while hers was exhumed and didn't display any decay, really, like, yeah. I guess because it was winter, 
Um, but she like, looked oh, normal. This, yeah, like her mom and older sister also died, but they were like decomposed, I think. Mm-hmm. But probably not the same. I don't know if they died around the same time. I think that they did, but oh, I don't okay. know if it was exactly the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But like you said, it was like cold temperatures, which preserves the body. Yeah. So they cut out her heart, burned it, then fed the ashes to her sick brother. Yeah, it's so gross. And then he died shortly after. Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad, Did you though. have any more details to that story? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, they obviously... That's the they... late 1800s. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, that's literally... 1892, which Insane. is... Insane. Like, when we were born... I think there probably were people alive who were alive in 1892. Yeah. So that is really not <laughs> that far away. Um, yeah, that's crazy. I would, there's like, also like, there was some stories from Africa, which I regret not covering, of like vampire panic, which literally occurred in like the 19th century. Like really, really? not that. Yeah. And I, um, or actually I think in the 20th century, if I'm not mistaken, I wish I covered it, but I feel like that could be in its own own right be an episode of like real life vampire panics true um which is really sad like it's you know obviously well actually i mean this person was already dead so it's not like they killed someone who was alive but the poor little brother i know that's so creepy i feel like that doesn't help him he's already sick and he's having to drink like ashes from a dead body yeah what the fuck that's disgusting that's just, that's just really dramatic. Yeah. I think the father didn't die of tuberculosis, though. Why weren't people wondering if he was a vampire? Mm. Right? Yeah, why would it be someone who had already died? Obviously, if they were a vampire, <laughs> wouldn't they have stayed alive? I don't know. It's, so, I have, I have an article here that kind of explains why people often thought people were vampires after they died but Mm -hmm. it was actually so there were cases like mercy brown where they didn't decompose so people would be like what's up with that like Mm -hmm. they look perfectly preserved you know they must be still alive or like undead but then there were times when people would dig up someone's grave because they were paranoid that someone was a vampire and they would see like blood on their mouth Mm. and their stomach looking bloated, and it would look oh, like God. they had moved. I know, sorry, it's creepy. <laughs> um, but that happens, though, right? Like, with yeah, dead bodies, so, like, they secrete liquids. Yeah. Um, this article by Tom McLaughlin, it's called Blood-Sucking Vampires? Nope, says forensic scientist, just nature's way of recycling. So, it says these fictional tales largely originated in Eastern European folklore, but they are actually rooted in the natural but little understood science of human decomposition. Mm -hmm. And says, disturbing reports of bodies moving, surely evidence of late night blood sucking binges, right? Are actually due to changes in decomposition that cause the body to blow and shift. So, if a body is buried in like a shallow grave and Mm -hmm. moves around... And you combine things like heavy rain washing away the soil. Oh, so creepy. Yeah. It could unearth this moving body. That makes and yeah, a like lot of sense. And yeah, like you said. Yeah, like... Um, That's very logical explanation. Blood, yeah, blood around the mouth 
can be due to gases. It says as gas is pushed out, it pushes out a decomposition fluid in the body cavity that has a type of bloody look to it. And Ooh. in like Slavic lore, vampires were thought to have a ruddy complexion, which is due to human Mm -hmm. decomposition process called hemolysis in this Mm -hmm. process red blood cells break open releasing pigmentation that stains the skin so instead of like pale vampires in slavic folklore they had kind of like a red face Mm -hmm. disturbing decom decomposition like is one of those things that just like really creeps me out i guess it's me too supposed to but for that reason i I'm afraid of being buried someday. <sighs> I'm afraid of being cremated. What if someone feeds me to someone else? That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> to protect her from me. <laughs> it's, that's kind of like uh, Twilight Breaking Dawn in a sense. But like yeah, human kinda. blood. Human blood. Human I feel like we don't address that enough. How disturbing that is. It's not even diluted. It's not diluted. It's sticky. So creepy. (laughs) So I'm almost done with Europe. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. But I needed to go back because I didn't really talk about, like, yeah, Romania is often thought of as, like, the birthplace of the modern vampire Mm -hmm. or whatever and the romanian vampire breed named strigoi didn't have relation to the greek strigis or strigis i don't know how to say it Mm -hmm. but they were derived from the roman term strix as the name is the albanian striga and the slavic strigta (laughs) uh anyway um (laughs) do we have any romanian listeners Maybe, but this is very exciting to me because, as you know, I was into the Vampire Academy books, and that author obviously took right from that story because in that series, there's, okay, there's vampires, they're called Meroi, and they're kind of like the Twilight vampires in a way, but they're not immortal. Mm -hmm. They're just, like, beautiful, and they drink blood, Mm -hmm. and they have, like, powers, kind of. They have... They're not as crazy as the Twilight powers, but they have powers. But if one of them drinks all the blood of somebody and kills them, they can become a Strigoi, which is an immortal, like, evil vampire, basically. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there are (laughs) half vampires, Mm. half humans in this story called... Yeah, Renesmee, called Dampers... And they are not immortal. They don't really have any powers. They don't drink blood or anything, but they're just, Mm -hmm. like, very strong. Yeah. (laughs) So, they defend the Maroi (laughs) from the Strigoi. (laughs) And, yeah, it's it's just a whole thing. So, this is, like, kind of depicted in the Vampire Academy? Mm Mm-hmm. That's what it is in Vampire Academy. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Yes. Interesting. So, does that take place at a school? It does. Okay. Um, it's, yeah, it's a little silly. It's like a school um, in Montana for some reason. Oh, interesting. But it has a lot of, like, Russian connections. Mm-hmm. And the main character, like, goes to Russia at some point. Random. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so if they had a movie, would they have like all like a Montana like twang in their boys? <laughs> well, I feel like the kids came from all over. Oh, true. School if it's there, a boarding but, school. Yeah, it was a boarding school. <laughs> it's kind of like cool. Harry Potter plus vampires. Yeah, that's cool. Um, did you say there was a movie for that? It, it wasn't good. Yes, but I never saw it. Oh, okay. Well, so you know, I was just talking so much about comes from this word comes from this word mm-hmm. it really goes back to like the greek vikolakis mm-hmm. and in this legend because i didn't really describe what they're like but they were thought to become one after death due to a sacrilegious way of life an excommunication a burial in unconsecrated ground or eating the meat of a sheep which had been wounded by a wolf or werewolf oh Mm-hmm. Some believed that a werewolf could become a vampire after being killed and would retain the wolf-like fangs, hairy palms, and glowing eyes of its formerly possessed. Hmm. And the bodies of this Greek Vircolacus <laughs> didn't decay. They would instead swell and even attain a drum-like form, being very large with ruddy complexion. Mm-hmm. They would have red hair and gray eyes. That was also the case in Serbia, I guess. And they were in Greek folklore described a little more as like cannibal cannibals than bloodsuckers mm-hmm. with a taste for livers. Ew. I know. And apparently they become more powerful if they're left alone. And according to some accounts, they could only be destroyed or killed on Saturday. which is the only day that they would rest in its grave, same as the Bulgarian Mm. vampire legend. And the most common way to kill a vampire was through, like, an exorcist, impaling, Mm -hmm. beheading, cutting into pieces, and cremating so that it may be freed from living death. Saturday. Saturday. (laughs) Yeah, very random. That that sounds familiar to me, though. I, I feel like I've heard that before, actually. Really? Yeah. Very vaguely, though. I do have to say, yeah, these vampires do seem less scary than the ones I've talked about. Yeah. They just, they're kind of just people that drink blood. Yeah. And, I mean, the Norwegian one was kind of crazy that it got Mm -hmm. large. Um, Then I found that there's some, some stories or, like, legends that have vampires in them Mm -hmm. um there's the princess in the shroud or the princess in the coffin which is a cursed princess or woman comes out of her grave at night to attack people and that was a story in denmark in france and in russia Mm -hmm. and then there was this other folk tale the vampire or the corpse eater uh girl marries a mysterious man during their way home they stop by a church and the man enters it worried about his long absence the woman follows him and sees him devouring a corpse a corpse oh. <laughs> and this was a russian folk tale and let me see i guess that the next stuff i have kind of brings us to present day and then i also did some random research about vampires and werewolves but Ooh. we can get to that If we have time. (laughs) Do you want me to take it to um, the Americas? Yeah. Do it. All right. So 
Um, we're going to start out um, in the Caribbean. So cool. this um, is a creature known as Sokoyant, which is a mythical blood-sucking creature um, in the Caribbean, mostly in Trinidad, Guadalupe, and St. Lucia. And hmm. what are they? They are a repulsive <laughs> old lady by day, um, but then she rips off of her wrinkles at night and places it in a mortar, and then she travels the night sky as a fireball, searching for a victim to prey off of. And I just thought that was interesting, the fireball, because yeah. um, the creature, the Menengul, like uh, Menengul or whatever, um, that looked like a flame. Actually, sorry, it's not that one. Which one was it? The Penengul hmm. um, from Malaysia. So it's like, again, this fire yeah. imagery of a woman vampire totally from a different part of the world so could be hmm. nothing but interesting and in general these figures can be anyone not only old women but they usually are old women and they what is this oh they affirm so sorry something about breasts <laughs> i wrote but i do not know what i about said about breasts <laughs> i just say breasts in my notes um <laughs> Uh, something about that <laughs> i think they disguise their wings in their breasts okay. i do not know that i do not sense. know but so they <laughs> enter the home through cracks and crevices and they suck the blood from fatty parts of the body and leave blue and black bruises and if they suck too much the person will die or become a so um if that's how you say it themselves hmm uh, again, I wonder if that is to explain some type of disease. Weaknesses include, so these are the things that you could kill them with, scattering rice around a village or home um, because the old lady will be required by instinct to pick up every grain of rice one by one, which reminds mm. me of Eleanor Rigby. Yeah. And to kill her, coarse salt must be placed in the mortar where her skin is stored, which is so gross. It's like literally her like wrinkly, fleshy skin. And that way she's unable to put it back on. Oh my. Um, yeah. And today the skin of a, a Sokoyant is considered valuable and used when practicing black magic. Um, many Caribbean islands have plays about this creature and many folklore characters. Um, some of them include uh, Trinidad, Granada, and Barbados where this creature mm. is still popular in stories. Then we have in Colombia, in Ecuador, this mythical creature known as the Tunda, which is specifically originating from the Afro-Caribbean community of Choco. Um, and this creature shapeshifts from, oh, she's a shape-shifting female who lures people into the forest. She will shapeshift into the bodies of the victim's loved ones. So she'll look like, you know, like your mom or your dad or your brother or something. Oh my God. But she usually has a wooden leg, but she's really good at disguising the leg. Um, or sometimes she'll just appear. I love these stories. I know. Like, it's so they cool. They just throw you for a loop. There's, but I don't, she has a wooden leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it would be so interesting to see, like, movies about these creatures. Yeah, so it's like, that will give it away. If you see the wooden leg, she's not really who you think she is. But sometimes she'll just shapeshift into a beautiful woman to lure men into the forest. Mm -hmm. Specifically, like, 
farmers or um, hunters. Um, and she feeds her victims with shrimp. Okay, okay. This is going to throw you for a real loop. She, feed, <laughs> she feeds her victims with shrimp that she has farted on. <laughs> to keep Are you them, kidding me? No, to keep them docile. <laughs> is this real? Yes, I'm pretty sure it's real. I hope it's real. That'd be so embarrassing problematic if I'm reading like a fake story that someone wrote on the internet. The shrimp is called uh, Camarones Pedos. Yeah. Wow. And it's to keep them in a state of entundado. Which wow. is like a state of docileness. Uh, <laughs> very interesting. Very similar story with this creature called Pas- Patasola, which I think is also from the same region. Um, very, very similar. Again, usually a very seductive woman to lure men into the forest. Again, mostly hunters, loggers, miners, um, and animal herders. And one reason for this is she is very protective of the forest and the nature and the animals. Um, so she wants to hurt anyone who tries to destroy it. Mm. Um, again, she has one leg, but she also has one breast, um, bulging eyes, cat-like fangs, a hooked nose, and big lips. Obviously, I don't think she has those things when she's trying to be, like, seductive. When she kills a man, she she uses her, um, feline-like fangs. And sometimes, for whatever reason, she, um, materializes as a large black dog or cow. Yeah, and so I have here, I think I must have copied this from somewhere. I don't know if I wrote this, but the La Patsola's origin story varies, but usually follows the pattern of a scorned, unfaithful, or otherwise bad woman. Some believe that she was a mother who killed her son and was then banished to the woods as a punishment. Others believe that she was a wicked temptress who was cruel to both men and women, and for this reason they mutilated her with an axe chopping off one leg and throwing it into the fire. She then died of her injuries and now haunts the forest and mountain ranges. In a third origin story, she was an unfaithful wife who cheated on her husband with the couple's employer, a patron. Upon discovering her infidelity, the jealous husband murdered both her and the patron. She died, but her soul remains in a one-legged body. But yeah, very similar, very, very similar to the... um, to the tanda um one so, who farts <laughs> is it like <laughs> is it like just her or is this a type of creature or i literally just one? you know that i'm not too sure i think i think it's just her like she's the creature mm-hmm. but like that description like she appears like in various forms in different stories so then i kind <laughs> of went to modern times like the 20th century did you did you cover that as well i ha- i just have the I have two tables of like mm-hmm. vampire traits in yeah modern folk folklore and literature and film. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is I don't even know why the heck this exists. It's from CSU Bakersfield, like a university. Oh, wow. <laughs> For some reason, has this motif index of vampires. Okay. And it's like just these charts of like the first one is becoming a vampire the second one's physical characteristics of vampires Mm -hmm. behavioral characteristics limitations powers eliminating vampires i don't know why this exists but (laughs) it was kind of interesting so is that is that what you got for the americas yeah that's pretty much it Mm mm-hmm 
I actually did look up a little bit because I overstepped, I guess. And I read that, like, as for Native American, like, North American, that they didn't really have, like, vampire stories. Yeah. But they did have, like, as I say, humanoid monsters. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I did have a story, actually, of the um, oh. Wydada tribe. What you got? It's a legend of the Hustra Do, which is an evil spirit who inhabited recently dead bodies and caused the corpse to rise and devour the living. But, you know, that is it's kind of like a mix of a zombie or a vampire. Yeah. Right. But not a lot of depth, not a lot of, like depth into that which is interesting because i feel like a lot of the research that bella does in twilight is like rooted in native american legends but Mm -hmm. uh, there's not really a lot to be found yeah i don't know if you've ever been on this website i can't remember what it is but oh nativelanguages.com i think it is called or dot org um i i think it's on that website that they even say, like, there is no cold one. Like, there's yeah. no legend like that yeah. in Native American folklore. Did you have this, though? Like, I found one about the Asema in, like, Suriname in South America. And there was just something about, I mean, <laughs> I could get into it. Like, it takes a warm of an old man or woman who mm-hmm. lived normal community life during daylight hours but different existence after dark at night it transformed into a vampire basically and it would take off its skin and become a blue ball of light and I... in that form oh what were you gonna say oh i didn't read that actually and i guess um in that form it would fly through the air enter houses and suck blood of victims and if it liked the blood, it would continue taking it until the person died. Mm-hmm. And in this legend, I guess garlic was the best protection. Oh, classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Again, classic. yeah, that's like, why does garlic show up in all these stories? You know, there has know. to be some type of truth, maybe. <laughs> okay, actually, though, garlic does, like, some people do think that garlic, like, does, like, prevent diseases and stuff, which that's could true. be why that's true it's um linked to myths like this i actually one time okay this is a tangent but i was sick and i was so paranoid that like i was gonna be really sick for a long time so i literally ate raw garlic and i Mm -hmm. smelled like garlic for like a week (laughs) straight like no one could go near me and it did not work it didn't i still got sick yeah (laughs) my friend abby who knows a lot about like health and stuff she lives by that she really always prescribes raw garlic to people yeah oh my god no it didn't work I so I basically cut it up and swallowed it like pills but I Mm -hmm. ended up like on one of them choking so hard and then I like ran to my sink and I drink a ton of water and then I start googling like I drink so much water that I start googling like water poisoning because I'm worried that I have water poisoning and then I'm worried I forget, like, then I took something else to, like, combat that. And it's like, okay, there's, like, <laughs> three different forms of hypochondria going on right now. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I would know. say don't do it. Do, don't do the garlic. 
I think she always recommends it for, like, UTIs. Oh, yeah, maybe. You're going to smell bad, though, if you do it. <laughs> um, so, what about modern date? Wait, oh, wait, can I read the vampire werewolf thing? Yeah. So, yeah, I was just wondering, like, in, you know, as I mentioned, like, there were some random things about, like, becoming a mm-hmm. vampire. If you're a werewolf, then you become a vampire, or, like, eight meat from a sheep that was bitten by a werewolf like yeah then it made me think like why are werewolves and vampires always put together because that's Mm -hmm. also in like true blood right i think so yeah and like what we do in the shadows one of my fave movies um i've never seen the show though i i will watch it but um there's werewolves in that too so it's like okay what's going on here I found this. It's like a screenshot from a book, (laughs) but it's called The Vampire in Lore and Legend by Montague Summers, and it says, Foremost among such recorded phenomena are those of vampirism and shape-shifting, in parentheses, the werewolf. The legends of the werewolf and the vampire are closely related in the Slavonic or Slavic, Slavonic tradition, for instance, it is believed that a man who was a werewolf during his life will become a vampire after his death. Mm -hmm. The vampire idea, as is well known, is especially strong in Slavonic countries, so that the scene in Bram Stoker's famous tale Dracula is aptly laid in Transylvania, but similar beliefs are found to be in Asia. But apparently, like, both vampires and werewolves were thought to exist in the Middle Ages in Europe, but they didn't really have anything to do with each other. Yeah. Um, and, like, vampires are thought to be, like, much older than werewolves in folklore mm-hmm. and are connected to, like, dark spirits and demons where werewolfism is not... This says, this is from the website godsandmonsters.com. I don't know where they're really getting this information from, but they said, (laughs) even if they did come into contact, there's little reason for them to be either friends or enemies. Um, Despite their immense powers, vampires, like most hunters, prey an easy kill when they're hungry, and werewolves certainly don't provide this. On the other hand, most werewolves have no self-control in their canine state, and therefore can't benefit from anything a vampire could offer. Um... I know this is, like, getting into a tangent, too, but there is... I don't know if I should get into this, because this is supposed to be about vampires, but there's also this story I also heard on a history podcast one time about, like, a real werewolf. Really? Do you know it? I have it right here. Tell it. (laughs) Okay. In honor of Halloween. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So, it's the werewolf of Dole. Giles Garnier, or Mm. Giles Garnier, I don't know, was a hermit who lived outside the town of Dole in Franche-Comté, Provence in France, Mm -hmm. and... What time period is this? What? That is a good question. I (laughs) did not... Okay, it's um, 1572. Okay. Long time ago. Long time ago. Long time. Yeah. He was married and moved his wife to his isolated home... Being unaccustomed to feeding more than just himself, he found it difficult to provide for his wife, causing discontent between them. During this period, several children went missing or were found dead, and authorities of the Franche-Comté Provence issued an edict encouraging and allowing people to apprehend and kill the werewolf responsible. Now, I don't know why they right away went to werewolf as the um, cause of this, but (laughs) one evening, a group of workers traveling from a neighboring town came upon what they thought in the dim light was a wolf, but then recognized the 
um, the guy, Garnier, um, mm-hmm. with the body of a dead child. And so then the guy was arrested. Oh. And according to his testimony at trial, he was in the forest hunting one night, trying to find food for himself and his wife. And someone offered to ease his troubles and gave him an ointment that would allow him to change into the form of a wolf. Oh making it easier to hunt, and he confessed to having stalked and murdered at least four children between the age of 9 and 12. And in October 1572, his first victim was a 10-year-old girl mm. who he dragged into a vineyard outside of Dole. Oh, this is really sad. That is sad. He strangled her, removed Ugh. her clothes, and ate flesh from her thigh Ugh. and arm. Disgusting. When he finished, he removed some flesh and took it home to his wife. Weeks Ew. later... He savagely attacked another girl, biting and clawing her, but was interrupted by passerby and fled. And the girl oh. died, sadly. And then... What, what did his wife think? His wife had no issue I don't with think this? He, I don't think she knew. Oh, so what did she think the flesh was from that he brought home to her? An animal? I don't know, like some animal, yeah. Oh my god. Um, so then he's found guilty of crimes of lycanthropy and witchcraft and burned at the stake. Yeah, good. In January 18th, 1574. Yeah, good. Even though he was burned at the stake, he was, his trial was done by the secular authorities and not by the Inquisition. Mm-hmm. A superstition was not judged by the Inquisition. <laughs> More than 50 witnesses said that he had attacked and killed children mm. and devoured raw flesh. And he was sometimes seen in human shape, sometimes as a loop garou so people actually did think he was a werewolf because i guess because at one time people saw like a wolf and then i'm guessing saw him yeah it's almost like i feel like it's almost easier if you do hear stories about like a person eating other people like eating flesh to like make it into a mythical horror story like that because you can't imagine another person doing that he must have been, like, insane or something. And then yeah. it is crazy he, like, confessed to being a werewolf. <laughs> yeah. Ew. A, a lot of the European stuff is not even really, like, folklore. I mean, there is folklore, don't get yeah. me wrong, but a lot of it is, like, this really happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Folklore. <laughs> anyway. Uh. Well, I wanted to look at, like, the more modern, like, evolution to how we get to Twilight in terms of, like, teen fiction Mm, for mm -hmm, vampires. mm -hmm. So I did a little bit of research on that before recording this, like, right before recording. But you got? Kind of channeling the, um, like, latter half of the 20th century. So obviously, like, vampires were big in the 60s with the horror of dracula but then the Mm -hmm. craze quickly faded away until 1966 with the release of dracula prince of darkness and then all sorts of vampire movies and books started popping up um including the uh creation of the sesame street character count von count in 1972 Mm -hmm. Um, and count chocula in 1971 yes yeah um and then in 1975 Stephen King published Salem's Lot which was followed by Interview with a Vampire by Anne Rice and in 1976 Mm -hmm. you have um the Saint Germain horror novels by Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough which I'd never heard about but I didn't realize that those were like historical horror about this real guy Saint Germain 
Oh, wow. Um, I have to look more into that. I really don't know all that much about it, but it seemed pretty interesting. Um, the 80s were, like, not as big for vampires, but then the film The Lost Boys hit theaters, which is a movie I've never mm. seen. Um, I'm looking but... at the, the vampire encyclopedia wiki thing, and these are all, like, coming up. Oh, really? What does it say yeah. about The Lost Boys, like, in terms of, like, the type of vampire that they are? Oh, my gosh. Well, this, guys, this chart online, it's, like, of all the traits. It's mm-hmm. so insane. I mean, yeah. it's kind of hard to... Lost Boys, it says, um, full vampires, ordinary, a little pale, half vampire, mm-hmm. pre-turning, ordinary, I guess their skin color it is. That's the first thing. Then it says that they have retractable fangs, um, no reflection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm really, I'm really, like, focused on this, The Lost Boys, because this was, like, the first time a vampire story of its kind was, like, directed to an audience, like, of mostly teenage girls. Um, and I was mm-hmm. wondering, okay, so this is 1987. How old is Stephanie Meyer at this time? Well, is it rated R? <sighs> Oh, yeah, good question. Let me see. The, lo- the Lost Boys. And how old is Stephanie Meyer? Let me Google it. She is 47. Basic math. Okay. <laughs> 2021. Guys, scream it out if you know it. I can't find what it's rated. Uh, okay, so she was born in 1974. So that would mean that in this year, 1987... 1974 she was 13 so this is like the age that we were when twilight came out but we do know that she has never watched a rated r movie so yeah the lost boys you can't find the rating i want to watch this me too because it seems like this would have had a very impressionable imp oh it's rated r just kidding Mm -hmm. let's throw this theory out the window um well maybe she heard of it Exactly, and probably influenced those around her, maybe. But I got this quote from The Spool um, by this writer, Jenna Radcliffe, and mm-hmm. she said, It would be fair to say that the success of The Lost Boys helped usher in the era of MTV horror, in which far more energy was put into pulling together an aggressively attractive cast than trying to make something scary and exciting. It would not be fair, however, to minimize Joel Schmash. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Shoshmer's <laughs> role in making horror fine, horror comedy for all pendants out there, more accessible, and for acknowledging that, lo and behold, teen girls turned out and continued to be a key marketing demographic, whether boys like it or not. Which I thought was super interesting, because I actually never really, th- I've heard of The Lost Boys, but I never thought of it. But um, it seems like that is like a very, like, um, that like, Twilight's success is almost dependent on this movie because then the Lost Boys would eventually create the audience for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, um, my god! Which was first a movie in 1992 and then followed by the series, which lasted seven seasons, which was, like, one of the longest-lasting, like, vampire, like, stories to exist. Um, and it was super popular. And then from Buffy, that's when, like, obviously there was, like, a few years, um, which this website calls, like, the garlic years, where <laughs> vampires weren't as big, but then... In 2006 is, like, when Twilight started becoming popular, along with the Underworld films, and also then mm. soon after Vampire Diaries and True Blood. hmm And tons of other books in the... Yeah. 
YA dark romance section. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I kind of want to see The Lost Boys because it seemed like that was super influential. I like the name. Yeah. <laughs> or Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've heard of that, but I didn't even know it was about vampires. Yeah, it's about... Don't judge um, me, guys. I think it's about teenage vampires who... Okay, I might be in the plot wrong, but they are hunted by, like, nine-year-olds or something who, like, <laughs> believe they're vampires. Nine-year-olds? I think so. That might not be the plot. <laughs> I don't know. That's Let cute. me look it I up. I see that. The Lost Boys. Let me look it up on Rotten Tomatoes. Slick, savvy, and scary, The Lost Boys is a hip horror comedy with full throttle excitement, a roller coaster ride, and pop culture fluency. Um, oh, 76 rating. Hmm. Teenage brothers Michael and Sam move their mother to a small town in Northern California while the younger Sam need, meets a pair of kindred spirits in geeky comic book nerds Edward. Edward and Alan, the angst-ridden Michael soon falls for Star, who turns out to be enthralled to David. Okay, we're listing a lot of people's names. Do not know them. <laughs> Leader of a local gang of vampires. Sam and his new friends must save Michael and Star from the undead. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I really do want... I mean, it's just so interesting that Stephanie says she never read vampire books or watched any vampire movies oh yeah it's true so you just wonder where she got some things from um i'm sure it's still seeped into her consciousness yeah because i remember when i saw interview with the vampire which is vampire chronicles i guess Mm -hmm. is the series um i remember thinking like it reminded me of twilight because they're, like, beautiful and pale, but they do have things, so that's different. But one thing that reminded me of it is just that they can feed on animal blood, but it's, like, less nutritious. Yeah. And they, like, made that distinction, so... That's very similar. Mm-hmm. Pretty much exactly the same. And it's also interesting, like, in all these stories, there's so many different ways that things can go. Like, there's so many different variations, and I think it's interesting, like... The way someone's turned into a vampire, for instance, like in some versions, it's you're just bitten. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's by transfusion, like you have vampire blood like put into your blood. Yeah. Some it's like you need to be bitten, and then you drink vampire blood. Yeah. And then sometimes you're just like inhabited by a demon. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I was looking like just at this chart of all these different like. It's, like, books, movies, shows, whatever. And I do think it's, like, pretty unique. It's not the only one, but I think it's pretty unique that Twilight vampires never sleep. Because yeah, most stories, they do sleep, like, during the day in a coffin. <laughs> yeah, I never even thought about that. Apparently, in um, Vampire Diaries, it's the same. But it seems like most stories, they do sleep. I need to watch Vampire Diaries because in my head, the folklore of the Vampire Diaries is, like, pretty much exactly the same as Twilight. 
mm-hmm. um, but I do not know that, and I'm sure some of you who are fans <laughs> will correct it's me. probably not. Yeah. My idea of Vampire Diaries as an outsider is there's this girl, Mia from Degrassi, who, mm-hmm. like, comes to a new school, and she meets these two brothers, and, like, she can't decide between them, and, like, she just dates them back and forth, and then eventually <laughs> turns into a vampire. That's all I yeah. know about it. That's literally all I know. Are the brothers Spoiler cool now. with that? Are the brothers fine with that? That, like, they're, like, fighting over the same girl, or is there, like, issues there? Like, I feel like Probably that would be... not. Yeah. <laughs> like, are the brothers enemies the whole time, or are they kind of on the same side, and it's just, like, a little awkward... I don't know. That's that's. But then she leaves the show, right? I I don't understand. I remember hearing that. Yeah, I don't know why I know so much about this show. (laughs) I did watch the first um, two episodes. I think I watched the first one. It did scare me a little bit. I'm a huge wimp. (laughs) I loved actually in that that when there's like fog or mist around, that means there's vampire mm. vampires around. I don't know if they kept up with that with the whole show. Maybe not, but I remember it was in the first episode. And I, you know, I actually still think about that sometimes when it's like a really foggy day. Oh, yeah. I do plan to watch it. <laughs> I feel like there is so like a much. vampire diaries renaissance going on. I do see like, really, yeah, I see like a lot of people like quoting it and stuff. Didn't know that. I have to watch the What We Do in the Shadows show because so many people keep yeah. telling me to watch it. I, was I have being... to watch the movie since you keep you recommending do. it. Caitlin really wants you to watch it too. I will, Caitlin. Don't you worry, okay? <laughs> we Yeah, me and Kate love that movie. We, it's like one of our things. Mm-hmm. But I was being like a little bit of a hipster about the show because I was just being like, oh, does everything have to be a show? Yeah. You know, like, um... So I didn't watch it, but several people have told me to, so I gotta. But I have to finish you first. Yes. Are you still in season four, uh, episode four? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, you have to watch it. I'm no sorry. spoilers, but yeah, Caitlin and I got in a fight, and I'm very curious. Like my a mom, real fight. Not a real fight, but I do think it was tense. Um, Caitlin, I'm sorry. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on me right now to, to, to take agree. a side. Yes. I do have a feeling. I think you're expecting that you're going to agree with Caitlin, but when I tell you your take, I think her take, I think you're going to be like, no, 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 no. I, and I think you're going to agree with me. I'm going to try to be Switzerland as possible. My mom <laughs> is, my mom agrees with Caitlin though, because my mom finished it. Okay. And I Wait, feel like that might tell you. Didn't but, Shannon, sorry guys, didn't Shannon finish no, I think Shannon still has a long ways to go. Uh, I think she's behind you. Hmm. You. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, my God. It's one of the best shows. Yeah. It's um, awesome. No real relation to Twilight or vampires, but it is creepy. We could probably connect it somehow. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot of blood, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you have time mm-hmm. to watch an episode tonight, or is it too late? I don't know. I mean, uh, I was maybe going to try to just go crazy and try to edit this. I'm, I mean, I might not finish, but... Yeah. So I don't know if I would have time, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you, do you have anything mm-hmm. else to share about... No, nothing cool? else. <laughs> I That just reminded me of our little woman scene. <laughs> nothing more or nothing else. <laughs> is there anything more nothing more 
it just we we are so out of practice with that we have to practice oh my god now that we'll both live in the same city again we can uh do it although it's Mm -hmm. obviously not as good as being in Concord but at one point I literally had it so well oh Oh. yeah also I currently live wicked close to where they shot that oh my god and it's the perfect time of year so I wanted to ask you though Mm -hmm. okay why do you think vampires come up time and time again across across nations across time why are vampires, like, such a thing? And also, why are they, like, often sexy or, like, romantic or, you know, that aspect? What do you That's think? It's interesting. Well, I was, again, just going back to, like, different diseases, like, especially diseases that arrive from, like, a bite. Like, we have creatures in real life that bite us and drink our blood like bugs and so I feel like it would make sense to like although it's interesting I feel like none of the folklore that we talk about like is like connected to like a mosquito or a flea or something like that but it's something that does occur in our lives so it seems like a natural thing to then like write stories about something like Mm -hmm. that why they're sexy I don't know do you have any ideas I think I think, you know, it's just, it's a bodily fluid. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that. You set me up to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, I thought maybe, I mean, I think you could also think, like, maybe people like being overpowered by someone. Maybe it's kind of sexy to be, like, entranced by someone. Yeah. Like, someone shadowy and mysterious who like shows up in your window and you know what I mean like it's scary but it's like exciting at the same time and it's just so interesting it's like how do we go from possibly like explaining illnesses and stuff to like something bite me yeah (laughs) well it's like biting biting will always be like kind of hot so that makes sense Mm -hmm. too but it's also interesting in going through this folklore seeing how sometimes it's a man and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like always a woman like a seductive woman like there isn't really like a gender of the vampire that's true yeah which will take us to our next episode life and death (gasps) we are pretty much ready for that guys really i'm not finished with it i do have like two (laughs) chapters but i feel like i haven't been reading it because i'm like oh like i can kill those in a day so i haven't had like there was one day where i knocked out like 200 pages Mm -hmm. and since then i've been like saving it but i'm at the end so like it's more interesting now cool Mm -hmm. oh my gosh i can't believe we're finally doing it i know i'm uh nervous (laughs) But I'm nervous. Uh, yeah, so if you guys have not yet read it, um, this might be a good time to follow along with us. Mm-hmm. And if you have read it... If you have read it, get your flashcards out and start studying <laughs> people's names because I can't even keep up with who the <laughs> heck is in this book. <laughs> 
and oh my gosh it's it's gonna be interesting i'm i honestly just might use their regular twilight names because i (laughs) cannot keep track of it corinne uh okay esme i do not remember Ernest. Ernest. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Jessamine. Mm-hmm. Royal. Yes. Archie. Uh, okay. Who am I forgetting? Okay. Emmett. As. Eleanor. Eleanor. Yes. Michaela. <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> it's hard. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, Jules. Jules. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have so much to say. Me too. I should I should take notes because I didn't really take notes, so. Um, I have like a million sticky notes in my book. <laughs> I know I away. wanted to, I wanted to in a couple places, like compare it to Twilight, like read the passages mm. out loud just to see like what was changed. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's going to be a really fun episode. I'm actually really excited for it. <laughs> Yee! <laughs> well, that's vampires. That's vampires. Happy Halloween, everybody. Wait, mm-hmm. Kelly, what are you being for Halloween? I forget. Oh, Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. That's fun. Charlie's Dream. Mm, that's so fun. <laughs> Love Did a good couple determine- costume. <laughs> Did you figure out what you're gonna be? Um, yeah, I'm being um the blue M M&M. and M. That is so unique. Yes. Well, my friend Marissa is visiting, and you know, Marissa and Melissa were M M&M, and M's. So. Oh my gosh. Um, she's being the the red M M&M. and M. So we had some. I love disagree- that. Yeah, like I said that I feel like the main character M M&M, and M, M and M's would be red and yellow, but she was yeah. like. Yeah, she didn't agree with that. She was like, no one even talks about the yellow one. I think the yellow one is... That's in the commercials. Yeah, he's always in the commercials. But she also said that we can't do, like, red and yellow because that would seem like ketchup and mustard, so... Hmm. Wait, Um, are you wearing, like, an M&M suit? Like, a circular... No. (laughs) It's a lazy costume. I'm doing, like, a... Just a blue shirt and then, like, putting, like, bow in my hair and, like, uh, socks, like, blue socks. Are you putting an M on your? Yeah, name? yeah, an M, okay. an M on the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> My family had an Eminem's Christmas CD for some reason. Oh, so did we. Yeah, and yeah. it was like I'm, it, I'm red, I'm yellow. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god. Me and Sean would like act that out. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I well, Eminem's. I guess that's wrap. That's a wrap. Uh, but we love you guys. But we got plan to catch. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for mm-hmm. listening. <laughs>